diagnosis of musical perfection taken to God's bosom at 35, once all his musical branches had borne fruit? Or was he just a slob doing his job? Questions, questions, a couple of more, just for the heck of it. Was Mozart the savvy, sometimes snobbish man we read in his letters, or a borderline autistic, as one writer, Wolfgang Hildesheimer, suggests? Perhaps, perhaps we should approach Mozart, as many have over the years, as a traditionalist, working happily within the compositional and aesthetic constraints of Haydn-defined classicism. We could just as easily, and rather more accurately, observe him as both a social and musical rebel, fighting against a patronage system that never quite worked for him, and a musical style that was increasingly inadequate for his expressive needs. And really, how did he die? Much of Mozart's scholarship today is about debunking the myths, the strange and often ridiculous half-truths and fantasies that have accreted onto Mozart's memory like guano on seaside rocks. Mozart, the miraculous Christchild of music. Mozart, the idiot savant lowlife. Mozart, the vessel for sublime inspiration of divine origin. Mozart, the doomed, star-crossed composer. Mozart, the victim of insidious plots, cabals, and ultimately, murder. It's enough to make you turn to the National Enquirer for responsible reporting. We will deal with our fair share of these myths in due time. More important for us, for now, we've got to discuss, or at least begin discussing, how and why these myths came into existence in the first place, and why they continue to survive and indeed to thrive two centuries after Mozart's death. An overture, my friends, as we begin. The overture to Mitridate, King of Pontus, Mozart's first operatic hit, written for the city of Milan and premiered there in 1770 when Mozart was all of 14 years old. hyperbole regarding Mozart. Why? Let us explore some of the reasons. First and foremost, my friends, no one who knew, I mean genuinely knew Mozart in his lifetime, no one who knew Mozart wrote contemporary and responsible accounts of him during his lifetime or immediately after his death. Oh, sure, Mozart's widow Constanza edited a biography of her dead husband, but that was in 1828 
37 years after he had died, by which time memories had faded, become romanticized, and frankly, had become self-serving. Mozart's greatest biographer, Otto John, wrote in 1856 that Constanza posed as a patient martyr, suffering from the thoughtlessness of a man of genius who remained a child to the end of his days, unquote. Mozart's sister, Marianne, whose nickname was Nanerl, who might very well have left us with a balanced and insightful appraisal of Mozart, the man, Mozart, her brother, instead continued to promulgate the family myth that he was just a big old kid. In 1792, a year after her brother's death, Marianne Mozart wrote this. Wolfgang was small, thin, pale in color, and entirely lacking in any pretensions as to his physiognomy and bodily appearance. Apart from his music, he was almost a child.